Hey, check this out right about now. I want to introduce a brother that came all the way out of here from the Strong Island, New York. He shoots, he scores. Yes. Guess what time it is, y'all. Woo! Time for the zero hour. It's your co-host. What's my name? It's Mark Fitz. All right. I am joined by the hostess with the... Yes, Mostis. Her name is Christine Chapman. Welcome. Welcome. And uh, today, y'all, we have uh, we have an athlete. We have a business person. We have a friend of the Zero Hour. I'm not going to announce who you are just yet, Tucker. Uh, but I do want you to say hello to the audience. Hello, everybody. Hello. Hope everyone's doing well. We are doing awesome. Tucker, where are you calling in from? What Are you in Canada? Are you in the States? Where are you? I just got back to my house at St. Lawrence University uh, from a morning skate because we're gearing up for our first uh, game of the season tonight. Nice. Wow. Wait, so hang on a second. <clears throat> are you still going to SLU? Yep. Yep. A- senior so, year. So you're actively like in, in college? Yes. Yep. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah, I am. All right, cool. So here's something we didn't talk about in the pre-jam. I went to SUNY Canton. Oh, yes. Christine did mention that. So you're well familiar with the beautiful upstate New York. With the environment, yes. <laughs> uh, yeah. For our listeners, uh, Tucker goes to St. Lawrence University, um, upstate New York. I went to the lesser-known much less prestigious SUNY Canton. And I think the SLU and the Canton guys and gals and teams used to like brawl in like the local bars, like back in the nineties when I went to school. Is that, is there still a thing between the two schools? Uh, not that I've witnessed in my four years. We've been pretty, uh, we've, it's been pretty, you know, like congregated to us staying here and them staying on campus over there. But Every once in a while, we'll we'll bump into each other, and you know, the hockey community is pretty small in itself. So, and, a lot of us, uh, yeah, a lot of us knew each other previously just from the hockey world. That's got awesome. It, got it. Got it. Yeah. All right. So we're kind of, we're kind of giving it away a little bit, which is a yes. okay. Christine, you wanna you wanna chime yeah, in? Yeah. So I am thrilled to welcome Tucker McIntosh to the Zero Hour. He, um, if you remember, we had Eloise on the show to tell us about her Zero Hour journey. Um, and they Tuck- what? They share the same last name. So that means what? They're brother Tucker and sister. is Eloise's younger brother. And I have had the pleasure to know him since he was also in high school and growing up in Canada. Um Tucker, I know, and I don't want to give too much away, but I know that we went through um, the college process together and you um, deferred to Northeastern, right? You had a bunch of opportunities and you deferred because your one and only passion was hockey. And we really and you were really intent on pursuing that pathway and that dream. And I only know really because of you and a few others how different that pathway is for a highly competitive athlete and how much longer sometimes it might take for one who is committed to playing hockey 
in particular to get to that place because men's hockey is a little different. Can you speak to that a little wait, bit? Wait, 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 oh, wait, okay. wait, Tucker. I want you to speak, but so this is this is the shtick. Christine likes to get ahead of it. She likes to jump yes, into it. Yes. She likes to like just fucking get too far ahead too too quickly. I, Tucker, sir, should have been a lawyer. I ask a lot of questions, right? Instead, I'm a software salesperson. All right. Uh, and a podcast co-host. And a podcast co-host yes, yes. and a business owner and like all this shit. So, Tucker, are you like one of these hockey prodigies who started when you were like five years old? Like, can you take us like from the early onset of when you started playing hockey? Yeah, no, I uh, I really didn't start playing organized hockey until I was about eight years old or seven years old. I grew up, uh, we grew up just outside Toronto in a little town called uh, Cheltenham, Ontario, about a town of 300 people, just about an hour and 20 minutes north of Toronto. Wow. And I really just, I started playing hockey. We had, uh, my dad had like a salmon pond at her house because we had, you know, crafts on the land everywhere and we just happened to have a salmon pond, so... My dad every Saturday would have all his buddies over, and you know they'd be drinking heavily out on the ice. Of course, the, as you do. Yes. On, and those, those are my uh, those are my first memories of playing hockey. But and then obviously going uh, moving to Toronto and growing up in Toronto, it's just hockey's at the epicenter of everything. Wait, did, did your did it, your dad play as well? Is it does it run in a family? No, no, I'm the only hockey player on both sides of the family. You know what? Which is. So Pretty crazy. My dad. My dad was. A, he's a weird athlete. He. I mean, he played lacrosse, but he. Uh, he loved his equestrian. He was a big. Uh, he was a big horseback rider. Or equestrian. So I. I got a really nice visual of a small town pond, lots of Molson Golden going on, and oh, yeah. little, little Tuck, little Tuck on the skates, <laughs> trying not to die on the ice as your dad and all his friends are getting. Getting drunk, right? Was that was yeah. that kind of the scene? Yeah, you you depict that image perfectly. I was Excellent. just a little rat rat head five year old out there. The stick that was twice Excellent. my height. Excellent. So, my daughter, right, L, is also a hockey player, um, and she's okay. also the only Fierts, which is my last name, right, to yep. ever play hockey. Right, I was kind of a soccer player as a kid growing up, um, and. She started playing, well, she was watching a Bruins game, right? And she was like nine at the time. She's like, that's what I want to do. And my wife and I at the time were just like, no, I don't think so. All right. It looks dangerous and scary. Um, So did you have like a similar moment as a young lad, right? Where you were just like, huh, that's what I want to do. I want to play hockey. Your dad's an equestrian. You know, like where does it come from? I, it's, it's weird you ask that because people have asked me that before. It's so hard to know where it actually came from, but I just think it was, I was always just like such a hyperactive kid. Like growing up, I couldn't sit still ever. Like I always needed to be doing something. And I played, growing up, I played every which sport you could think of. But for some reason, I always just came back to hockey just because I think it was like the relationships I started to build at such a young age with guys who I was playing hockey with. It yeah. was just, I don't know, I honestly think it was just my friends that just kept pulling me back and just made me realize, like, this is what I want to continue to do with, you know, this group of people. And, yeah, yeah, I yeah. mean, 
Yeah. Five, of, five of my best friends are guys I played with on my first ever hockey team. Do you do you is, think – so I, I kind of got goosebumps, and this is why I love why my daughter plays hockey and plays sports in general, uh, is this sense of – camaraderie of team building all right i'm gonna get i'm gonna get ahead of myself a little bit but do you feel that team sports specifically hockey because that's what we're talking about today or part of what we're talking about today helps you a build relationships on the ice yes but build relationships professionally outside of school in school like do you think that there's an advantage of a kid playing team sports and having that experience versus a kid not playing team sports? Huh. 100%. Okay. For sure. I mean, I hope my kids only ever want to play team sports just because there's something about the environment of being a part of a team, especially in hockey. You know, you're out there skating on half an inch of steel metal that's a blade. Yeah. You're out there getting hit with a puck that's moving 90 miles per hour at some point. It's just... There's something that interconnects everyone, especially in team sports, but specifically in my case, hockey. I've never, there's never been that feeling of camaraderie that I've had outside of the rink or in the locker room that I do now. Really? Or that I have experienced. Yeah. Is it any, wow. there's is nothing it any ever team like sport? It. Is it like, is it soccer? Is it football? Is it fucking uh, rugby? Is it, is it, it's all team sports, right? That give you this yeah. sense. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I agree with all team sports. I mean, I've, I've talked to Christine about it. I'm a pretty avid golfer. Yeah. And I don't get nearly as much of the same thrill golfing as I do hockey. Like, if I just sit there with three other people during yeah. a golf round and I'm playing by myself, yeah. I go mental. Okay, okay but, but Tucker, you also – that's so interesting because when we talked about golf in your life, right – one of the things that you said was, hey, if I could do anything, I'd probably golf because golf is like my meditation. Golf is my like my ability to like sort of connect with myself. Yeah. No, as I've as I've grown up and, you know, continue to progress in hockey and you know, I was I was more speaking about, you know, the golf at when I was like twelve to sixteen years old when, you know, I was still when you didn't quite understand so, its so role. Correct. And I wasn't as hyper-focused on hockey. And now that my my life has just revolved around hockey 365 days a year, being a collegiate athlete. It's golf has, I attest a lot to golf for, you know, building my mental strength a lot as well really? as Wait, so giving me that kind of escape. Is hockey your physical strength and golf is your mental strength? I... I would, yeah, I'd probably say, yeah, because there's only so much, you know, when you're playing hockey nonstop, especially the collegiate level, there's only so much mental, there's so much, so many, like, externalities you can take mentally to a certain extent, to where it just, it starts to bug the hell out of you. Um, but yeah, I would definitely attest golf to a lot of the mental strength I've continued to have throughout my collegiate yeah. career, for sure, and, even though, you know, you only get about three months of golf in yeah. Canton. Is uh is St. Lawrence University D one? Yes. Yeah. How? So uh, the only Division one sport is hockey at St. Lawrence. How? How? So I have a kid. Uh, you know, I'm going to mention her a couple of times because it's because it's relevant to my life. Like, how good of a player? Uh, let me ask you the question, Tucker. What percentage of kids who play on league teams, who and then go to college, play D one? 
like if you got a hundred kids who are playing in a league, Canadian, American, whatever the hell it is, you know, beer league or whatever, whatever the hell it is, uh, club league. What percentage of those kids play D one, and then what percentage of those kids play in the NHL? Or get picked up, such as yourself, or we're going to talk about that, to play, like, on farm teams? You know, it's that's a tough question just because and for men's for men's Division One hockey and female Division One hockey, it's a completely different story just because nice. we'll, I mean, I'm sure we're going to talk about how the gap years work for men's hockey and female hockey players usually don't take gap years just because that's not the way it's been. And, and okay, for female hockey. So this is a perfect place for you to jump right in because that's like that's what is so interesting about anybody who chooses that hockey journey because most D1 male hockey players will take not only one but in many cases multiple whether it's two or three years sometimes gap years in order to be able to pursue their passion to play D1 hockey. At the collegiate level, Wait, is that correct? specific to hockey? It's specific to men's hockey. Oh, really? So, yes. so taking a gap year is is, is a thing. You have to do expect, it. Yeah. it it's it's expected. really expected. It's really, I mean, it's really rare, isn't it, Tucker, for you not to take a gap year if hockey and men's D one hockey is your goal. Correct. Correct. There's probably twenty. 20 or so freshmen every year who don't take a gap year, or at least one gap year. Like 20 out of 60 teams. Wow. Yeah. No, it's, That's crazy. It's not, it's, not, uh, it's not something you see very often. All right. the, elite of the, the elite of the elite will not take a gap year is the best way to put it. Okay, so so talk to us about your gap year experience and your choice because we went through the process traditionally and you had options and you were like, yeah, great option. I'm going to go play hockey for a year and I'm going to leave my family and go to a different part of Ontario, right? So I, I'm, I'm yeah. not going to let you talk. Yeah, wait, dude, like I want to know like how old you were. I yeah. want to know what position you play. I want to know, like, are you a self-proclaimed badass? Like, yes, dude, he ho- is. Dude, hockey, hockey players, hockey players and wrestlers, you can't mess with. Like, they will just mess you up. Like, they're just tough, and they can get punched in the face, spit out a tooth, and fucking keep going. It's I mean, crazy. honestly, every time I talked to you, you had a different injury. I felt like throughout <laughs> high school. Like, it was like, yeah. uh, uh, here's a picture of, like, my face with a gash in my cheek or, you know, like, I'm I'm injured and out for the next three weeks or six weeks or whatever it was. Oh, Tucker's yeah. having no. surgery again. Again? Dude, how old are you? Yeah, I am 22 years old. Okay. All right. So, I'll man. Set, I'll set the, just to give you a better perspective yes. of how men's hockey works, the average age of my team this year is 22.9 years old. Wow. 0.9. 22.9. Okay. I don't know what the point nine represents, but basically the average, average age yeah, is almost yeah. 23 of our team. Yep. Where okay. most college students graduate when they turn 22. Right. Okay. Okay. So then talk to us about what you decided to do, Tucker, and what the at, what the norm is when one decides to pursue the hockey route. Because it's yeah, hard. So, 
Yeah. Pretend no, like you're talking to my kid who may pursue the hockey route. Like, what advice no, do you give? No, but it would be different for her because well, she's, yeah, she's, she's a girl. She's a girl, All right. right? Yeah. Yeah, no, so I didn't – I don't know how many hours I spent with Christine and some of her associates doing, you know, endless ACT prep. And I think I wrote the ACT five times, Christine, correct me if I'm mm-hmm, wrong. Probably. Yeah, probably around there. And, you, you know, it. I was in high school – yeah, I was in eventually. I was in high school, not knowing if hockey is what I wanted to pursue at that point in time as a senior in high school. So I started applying to colleges, mainly in the United States, just because I wanted to get out of you know my little Toronto bubble. I'd gone to the same high school for 13 years, uh, from third grade to senior year. All my friends were going to all the same Canadian universities. I kind of wanted to venture off out of that uh, bubble. Yep. Yep. And I told I told Christine about this before. I was really trying to figure out if hockey was what I wanted to pursue at that point in time because if you were to ask anyone my junior and senior year, like coaches, people who see me play, they would have told you I would never play division one. Really? A good, a good a good portion of them would say he probably wasn't going to play division one. Really? Why? Why would yeah. they say that? Just because they felt like your heart wasn't in it, or? I just wasn't, I hadn't developed hockey-wise as quick as everyone else. So my dad always says that I was a late bloomer. Mm-hmm. I was I was always going to be a late bloomer, like, physically. Like, I was never, I was, you know, my sophomore year of high school, I was 5'8". And now I'm 6'2". Look at you. I was, really? I mean, that's the, that's, yeah, no, that's the other part that kind of feeds into, you know, the gap years and stuff developing physically. But I told Christine about this work, but my grandpa, I remember sat me down and told me, he's like, if you truly love it, you sh- that shouldn't stop you from doing it. And so right in that moment in time, I'm like, you know what, I'm going to pursue hockey. I'd gone into Northeastern. I'd gone into a couple other good schools. But I was like, I'm going to give hockey a shot. Um, you know, so from you there, know what's I interesting? decided... You know, it's a, hey, Tucker. You're Sorry? you're the uh, you're the second or third athlete that we've had on the on the show that has told us about family inspiration, specifically from the grandfather. Yes, that's so specifically from the yes. grandfather. Like the grandfather, for some reason, grandfather's advice resonates most because I don't know. Maybe yeah. it's 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 more fatherly. It's more omniscient, especially more, for young men. Correct. Yes. So, segue. Total segue. Relationship with your granddad, like different than the relationship with your with your dad. Like when your granddad spoke, were you like okay, like like you have his undivided attention? Yeah, no, my so I'm sure you heard with that, Louise, but my mom's from my mom grew up and is born in Texas, Austin, and that's where my grandfather lives now. And you know, down there, it's yes sir, yes ma'am. Yes. Um, I would say my grandfather's probably the one male figure in my life that I won't I won't try and go against what he's saying. I'll always sit there and listen just because that's how I grew up. Like yeah, he could be a hard ass sometimes, but at the same time he's like he always had my undivided attention and I knew whatever he said was coming from a a, a good place basically. And I knew I knew every I knew what he said to me then really put into perspective of like, you know what he is right like, I think I kind of just need a little more kick in the ass. And it's completely different from my dad. My dad my dad has never put pressure on me whatsoever to play hockey, pursue hockey, continue hockey. It's never been like that because my dad never played hockey. He, like, he's 
Mm-hmm. He's gone through the hockey world at the same rate I have. Yes. But but so he think, has been there, right? Yeah. For every single game, yeah. practically. Yeah. Yeah. He, uh, he has been to almost every single home game of my college career. That's awesome. Which, and I can't, I don't think a lot of, uh, a lot of people can say that. Their dad's been to most of their collegiate home games, which is pretty cool. I mean, St. Lawrence is only, you know, three and a half hours from Toronto, but. Well, that's our job as parents, dude. It's in our contract. But he also crosses the border to do that, right? And I don't. Yeah. How did he do that during, during those COVID, like those weird COVID months when it was hard to cross the border, even, right? Yeah. So the whole COVID thing was my freshman year. My dad. I didn't see my dad from July, the second week of July, I think, until Christmas. Wow. Yeah, and he. I think it. I think it was. I honestly think it was harder on him than it was on me. Because of course, his life. A lot. A lot of his life revolved around you know taking me to hockey tournaments, yes. coming to all my games. Yeah. So I think it was a little bit more of an adjustment for him than it was me. But that, I mean, we could, we'll get into that for sure. The whole COVID year was the biggest shit show of my life. Ugh. Oh, and, and and by the way, just just another another segue. Um, you and your sister do sound alike. <laughs> so, you know, you have that. I mean, you're you sound like a, a man, obviously, but you have the same accent, right? Well, and and the same sort of way of speaking. Yes, yes, the which same. Is very cool. There's... The same like tonality and yes. delivery. Uh, I don't know if you've ever been told that before, but yes, you two are no, you yeah, have the same have, delivery. Yes, people have told me I have like same similar delivery and mannerisms. Obviously, yes. my mannerisms behind the phone, but you know, me and my me and Louise are definitely two people. Are you guys calls, close? Especially, especially as we've grown up, I've seen it even more and more. Yes. Do you guys? Do you guys? Are you guys close? Do you hang? Do you talk? Tucker. Yeah. Um, you know, growing up, I was sandwiched between two girls, so there's definitely some. You know, there's definitely fighting going on and stuff. But I think as <laughs> I think as we've gotten older. And mature a lot more. My relationship with my sister has definitely gotten a lot closer. Yep. And it's weird. I've been away from home for four and a half years now. I haven't lived. I haven't lived in Toronto or with my family for four and a half years. Yeah. Yeah. I've always in the summers. I've always lived somewhere else. Um, but I think me and my sister definitely got a lot closer in that time. That's awesome, Tucker. We're gonna push you into your zero hour moment. So yeah, we're we're gonna just leave you to tell your story for a bit from that zero hour perspective what is that sort of pivotal um part of the journey um that you can share with us today as you get ready to graduate um and as you um as you get ready to play your first game of the last season of your playing career at st lawrence right yeah no i was just talking about my roommates last night this is a lot of our first ever last games, it's a little weird to think about. Absolutely. A little nostalgic, but yeah, I mean, uh, I don't even know where to, I mean, I could start with my freshman year with, you know, starting with my injuries. Yeah. Freshman year was, freshman year was a crazy year. I got thrown into college in the middle of the pandemic. Yeah. Um, that entire year I had one class in person. I was only about to socialize with people that lived on my dorm room floor um, still able, we were still able to practice and everything, but we weren't able to play our first 
my first I wasn't able to play my first collegiate game until January of my freshman year. That's when our season started. Wow. Yeah, so it was a it was a long wait and I got told you, Christine, I spent over sixty days in quarantine in a room by myself. That's oh. crazy. that year. Because of contact tracing, getting COVID and that whole spiel that, you know, a lot of a, a lot of people did have to deal with. Yeah. Um so yeah, I finally was able to play my first college game. Uh, and then game four, I had a very bad injury where I had a displacement fracture along my arm. Fuck oh. um, my arm. I got blocked a shot in my arm. Didn't think much of it. Next day, went to practice and went to shoot a puck in. Uh, my arm displaced. Oh. And being a freshman, it was it was very tough because I'd already been removed so long because of COVID and stuff from playing. Yeah. Um, I had what they said was season ending surgery. Uh, so I got a metal rod in my arm with the eight Phillips head screws <laughs> that are still a good look. You know, in there right now. Wow. Does it yeah, hurt no, today? I'm curious. Say, yeah. Does it hurt even now when you play? I mean, when I hit my screw, like when my screws get hit by something, it is like nauseating. It's oh, a weird, wow. it's, it's a, it's a sensation you can't describe. Wow. It's, it's like a metal bat hitting a metal pole when I get hit. It's like ringing in my arm. So, wow. Bobby, uh, Bobby, listen to me. I'm sorry. I'm thinking, I'm thinking about something and I'm looking at something. Tucker, um, the chance of injury specifically in your sport is greater than a chance of not getting injured, right? Correct. It's like a, it's kind of a given, right? That, that you're going to play yeah. hurt, right? Now, yeah. it, it kind of depends on the level of pain, right? Listen, dude, you're a young man. Like, you are vibrant. Yeah. You are in your fucking killer years right now, right? Yeah. And you have this injury, and you just said the pain is nauseating. And, dude, if it's nauseating yeah. for you, I can't imagine what it's like for, like, a non-athlete who doesn't have, like, the mental toughness, right, to work through it. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's got to happen a lot. And how do you how do you guys deal with it? Like, do you just – what does the coach say? What does the team physician say? Play? Play through? Or, you know, do you spit a tooth out and keep going? Yeah, I mean, you know, there's been certain scenarios where I've been injured. And, you know, my, I'm pretty lucky here with our team doctors and team physicians and coaches and stuff. They're very – they're very on top of injuries and stuff, but that certain scenario, like I had to have surgery is either I had surgery and I was out 16 weeks or I was casted from my hand to my shoulder for 12 and wow. decided to, you know, go the surgical route. Um, was fortunate enough to actually come back for the conference semifinal and final game. Yep. Um, it was not a part of the timetable whatsoever. I, was feeling really good. And I went in to get X-rays done, and my bone had healed properly. Wow! Thank God. Right? So, I got, so I got, yeah. So I got the green light, and we actually won a conference championship. Nice. Which was which was pretty special my freshman year, and then segueing into my sophomore year. Sophomore year, I was actually I was pretty lucky. I was uh, I only missed two games because of injury. I have uh, I've separated and dislocated my shoulder. I think four or five times now. Oh. Um. Wow. But yeah, but my sophomore year, I uh, so we wear uh, we wear heart rate monitors on the ice. So our uh, really is that is that yeah, like so, a, is that a regulation? Is that a thing? 
No, no, it's so our strength coach can, you know, track our, like, workload and, like, see our recovery and wow. if, you know, we need to go back practice a bit and stuff. That's interesting. Yeah, it's very, it's very detailed, like, oriented and stuff. And I had an extremely high resting heart rate and extremely high working heart rate because back in juniors, I, uh, I broke my nose and my septum was completely collapsed in my nose. Wow. So then it's not. So yeah, sophomore year over Christmas, I was like, screw it, we're going to get this done. So I had a reconstructive surgery in my nose. I only you used to be a handsome kid, dude. What happened to you? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I was lucky. The recovery time was only about a week, thank God. So I didn't miss any games for that. But I guess I'll get into, you know, my my zero-hour moment now. Christine was actually, she was kind of a part of it a little bit from the sidelines a bit, but yeah. last year, so I've separated my shoulder plenty of times and there's been, I, I could probably count on two hands how many times I've woken up since the first time I've separated my shoulder, hurt my arm that I have woken up and I could say I felt a hundred percent physically. Yep. Yeah. Um, in the past two and a half years, because when you injure your shoulder, especially in hockey, it's chronic. You're always going to be in chronic pain. Yep. Um, Right, and then gotta... last year we had traveled 30 hours and I've, I've always had the passion, the dream and the drive to continue to continue to pursue hockey. Yep. Um, post college and we went up to Michigan tech. I'm not sure if either you're familiar with Michigan tech is it's up in the upper peninsula of uh, Michigan. That's crazy. No, I've never even known where that college is. And obviously that's my space, right? Michigan, Michigan, yeah, Michigan uh, Tech. Yes, it's probably in Michigan. Well, yes, obviously. All right, yeah, hang, hang on, hang on. Part of Michigan. I have a se- I have a segue, uh, and it's in regard to injuries in, in athletics, right? Yep. Um, Tucker, are you familiar with the name Ronnie Coleman? Yep. Yeah. So Ronnie Coleman was a fucking beast in the nineties, right? In the eighties, yep. he's he's a, he's a power lifter lifted more weight than anyone could ever possibly imagine was dedicated yep. ronnie coleman can't even fucking walk right now really well he yep. he walks with the assistance of canes because such damage was done following uh damage was done during his powerlifting career that he either a didn't train right didn't have a great coach to tell him to back off but if you look at ronnie coleman now he is a he's a frail former weightlifter, right? And he walks with like crutches, and you kind of feel bad for the guy. He drives around a Rolls Royce, but you know you kind of feel bad for like his physical health. So I guess my my question to Tucker is, at what point as an athlete do you prioritize your health and your physical well being? Then he's you he's getting do- to that. Oh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> Hey, wait, 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 my best Canadian accent. Hang on. Sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry, Tucker. I just rolled all over it. I'm sorry. Keep going, dude. No, but yeah, so I guess I'll go, I'll go back to the Michigan Tech story. Um, we, sorry. Train, trains, planes, and automobiles to get up there. Um, 30 like hours. Constant flight. Yeah, it took us about 30 hours to get up there on the way up. Um. First shift for the game, I was coming behind the net. And the way that rink was structured is there's about three feet of space behind the net, which is not a lot in hockey. Um, 
and this guy was probably skating at me 20 plus miles per hour. Oh my God. And hit me square in my shoulder. <gasps> um, I was down on the ice for a while. Finally went to get up, went to push up my shoulder, felt my shoulder give out again. Whole spiel happens. I had to go to the hospital, had to go get all the x-rays and imaging. Didn't they have to like helicopter the- you to like the, the, the next biggest hospital or whatnot? No, it was, uh, I was down in our, in our athletic room, like where all the tables and stuff are set up. And they're yep. like, yeah, you need to go to the hospital. I was like, okay. I'm like, I was just, I was in so much pain. I didn't even give a shit what was happening. Yeah. 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 And the, the ambulance couldn't get down close enough to the rink because at Michigan Tech, they get like 8,000 fans a night. So their parking lot was jam packed. Wow. So the closest thing that was there that could get me to the hospital was uh, a trooper car. Oh my god! So oh, wait, a trooper, a trooper car, They threw me in the back. They threw me. Well, actually, no. They uh, he goes, "Do you want to get?" In the, it was just me and the cop. That's all that could fit in the car. Yep. Um, and the cops like, "Do you want to get in the back?" I'm like, "You're fucking nuts if you think I'm getting in the back of your cop car." Yeah. Yeah. So I sat 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 in the front seat and get to the hospital, do that whole deal. Um, and it was kind of at that point, or you know, a week after that. I was kind of thinking to myself, I'm like, I, I love hockey and I will never lose the passion or motivation to continue playing. But it started to really put into perspective for me that is it really worth me putting myself or continue to put myself post-college, you know, through injuries like this, being in chronic pain and ultimately, you know, injuries taking a mental toll on me. Like I've missed so much time because of injury already. Yeah. And I hated, I mean, I told Christine, I hated what my injury my freshman year did to me as a person. I hated it. Yeah. I, I was an asshole. I barely talked to my parents. I was drinking a lot just because I was feeling sorry for myself. Mm-hmm. And I, I genuinely hated the person I was my freshman year for a little bit there. Yep. Um, so it really did that, that injury. And I was out, I was out almost two months with that shoulder injury. And it really did put it into perspective that, you know, my greatest fear, honestly, is being a dad that can't throw a football with my kid. Yes. Yes, dude. You can't keep up. That's honestly, that's honestly my, that's my greatest fear. And, you know, as hard as it's been to come to that realization of, you know, I've accomplished more in hockey than I ever thought I would. Like, genuinely, I never thought I'd be playing collegiate one hockey on a scholarship. Yeah. Like that was a, that was always a dream of mine, and that was always a goal. And obviously, playing professional hockey was a goal as well. But once you deal with a couple of significant injuries, and you realize the mental toll and also the physical toll it takes, I mean, it really it really put everything into perspective. And now I sit here the senior, you know, not saying that because of these injuries that's going to stop me from you know giving it my all this year. We're not not saying that by any means whatsoever. If anything, it makes me hungrier knowing it's probably my last year of playing hockey. Yep. Um, which is also, I, I talk to my dad about it all the time, it's also exciting to me. Like, this is my last year. I get to give it my all. I don't get to look back at anything and regret anything because I know I'm giving it my all. Yeah. But it's bittersweet, that was kind of, man. It's bittersweet, I, I'd probably say that was. Yeah. No, I'd probably say that was my moment was coming to that realization of realizing, you know, it's, 
it's coming to an end, and I'm very, very accepting of that, and I understand it. And same time, I'm ready to I'm ready to start my life, I'm ready to direct my energy and focus, and all of those good things into something else. Dude, I, I think just I think, just as exciting. I think you made a decision that people like. It's hard for people to be real with themselves, right? Like, at, at a, as a young man, you made a, a very conscious and adult decision to protect yourself, protect your body, not give up your passion, but to maybe substitute your passion for another, right? And, yeah. like, I think there's a lot of athletes who don't have that presence, who don't have that, that self-presence that... That say, you know what? I don't care. I'm gonna be Ronnie Coleman. I'm gonna be limping around for the rest of my life. Okay, okay but okay. So here's my question, though, Tucker. Yes, but you've got a season, and you're about to give your last season your all, right? Because my my inclination initially was like, okay, so what's next for Tucker McIntosh as he gets ready to graduate, as he gets ready to play his first game? of uh, the last season of his, you know, uh, career at SLU, right? Um, but then my my other question is, okay, so you go out there on the ice and you have the season of your lifetime and suddenly you've got, like, the NHL knocking on your door. He pulls Are, a Tom would you, Brady. Would you say no? He pulls a Tom Brady. <laughs> I'm out of retirement. Like, like what, what if? Like, what if? Suddenly, you had it like looking you in the face. Like, what would you do at that point in time? You know, that's something I've thought about a lot, and I've talked a lot about with a couple people. And that's something I'm I'm never going to rule that out. I'm never going to rule out not pursuing hockey after college, just because, like you said, you never know what's going to happen. Especially you know in your final year where you do give it your all. Yeah. And I'm never I'm never going to rule it out until you know I get to that moment. I'm like, okay, here we are. It's time to you know. It's time to move on, but that's the crazy thing about, you know, being an athlete, I find, is that I, athletes, we don't know our limitations a lot of the time. Like, we don't know when, we don't know when to stop doing something just because everyone's so driven in that way. Yep. But at the same time, like, I I understand the, I understand the reality. I understand the reality is that, if I go out there and I give it my all every single day, something could come of it. Yeah. Like I understand that, but at the same time, I'm also, you know, in this time of transition where I want to prepare myself for both the scenarios. Wins. Yeah, so, absolutely. Think you're keeping your options open, dude. You're being fully transparent. Like I think you're doing. The, I think you're having the right conversations with yourself. I, I, I have a yeah. question on athletics and, and and athletes in general. Is it? In your opinion, Tucker, will over skill, like where does will percentage-wise and where does skill percentage-wise with any sport, right? Is it desire or is it fucking skill, like you have a gift? What's it with you as well? So, so I think it's 80. I, think it, I would say it's percentage. I'd say it's 80-20, will over skill. Will over skill, 80-20. Really? Wow. That's good to hear. Yeah, like. There is a small percentage of people that can get by in the world of sports, especially hockey, just based on skill. Like a very small percentage. And then and the there's the other like 99.9% that have to be driven. Yeah. Like it's just, I always say it's just self drive. 
show up. It's, right? You got to you got to want it. You got to show up. You got to yeah. do the work. Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna suck 350 days of the year, but that's the best part about it, in my opinion. That's awesome, man. Thank you, Tucker. Advice, advice that you have to younger folks um, who decide to sort of pursue that path that is a really difficult path, whether it be D1 men's hockey at the like craziest of like, hey, I need to like make even bigger sacrifices, extend the years before I even get to start my college career if hockey is for me. Right. To the kid who is committed as a D3 athlete or as a club sport athlete, like what what kind of advice do you give to young people who have chosen to pursue high level athletics um, at the collegiate level? I would say enjoy every moment because you don't know when it's going to end. It could end the next day. It could end in 10 years, 10, 15 years. It doesn't matter. Yeah. I would say you, you got to enjoy every moment and don't let the highs be too high and don't let the lows be too low. That's something I always think about to myself. It's just, I just, I want to enjoy every moment, even the good and the bad times, because it's something you don't want to look back on and be having any regrets about. I, you know, I thank you. I believe that every, you know, every student, every child, every, you know, every human deserves a champion um, who sees them and supports them no matter what. And is that sort of, you know, lifting force. Um, I know you have probably had many in your life. Would you like to give a shout out to one or multiple? Granddad. Well, yeah, definitely my grandfather. He, I mean, Christine knows, but we went on this huge family vacation this summer in uh, Montana. Yes. My grandfather's 80th birthday, and, I mean, he said it best. He's, like, never judge anyone. And, I mean, I attested to him for me, a big portion of me pursuing hockey because, you know, having a lot of family down south in Texas, it's not every day someone takes a gap here to pursue collegiate yeah. sports. It's just not... It's just not normal. It's not something you see. Um, it's not very mainstream. It's a lot of people look at it as a negative, in my opinion. Um, yeah, he kind of, yeah, he kind of gave me that kick in the ass. I love that. And I love when grandfathers do that. Realization. Yeah. And then I would definitely, I would also definitely say my parents. You know, my mom's a little different. She doesn't understand the hockey side. Well, all your mom is thinking about is how hurt you're getting and how worried she is because her heart is like literally skating outside of her watching you on the ice and like cringing, hoping that you're not injured by the end of the game, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, she, my mom's been unbelievable in this entire journey and process of everything. And she's never, she's never questioned anything. She's never, you know, oh man, I'm doing something, doing the wrong thing or She'll always only tell me when I'm doing the right thing, which is all you ever want your mother to say. And then yes. for sure, I'd probably say num- I'd probably say number one to my dad because he's he's gone on this journey at the same rate I have, and he's seen everything I have. And I mean, he put a lot of time and effort into you know driving me to the rink at five a.m. on a Tuesday when he didn't want it. So I think I got a I got a test a lot to my dad. He also he's never put any. Your father's contract as a father. I am this. I would do the same, dude. It's in our contract. Yes, but Jeremy is like, 
Tucker, didn't you say that that game that you got injured at and you ended up in the patrol car, that was like the one game that your dad wasn't able to get to? Uh, yeah, it was one of the only games he wasn't able to get to. And I, I still remember when he called me. He was probably like crushed that you were there and yeah. he wasn't able to get to you. Like I think about Jeremy and, as part of your journey and wherever you were, Jeremy was there. Big shout out to Jeremy yeah, and Rebecca. No, he doesn't. He doesn't miss. He doesn't miss too many games, and no. we have a big game. He's actually he's not here this weekend, but he'll be here next weekend because uh, one of my really good friends and who my parents have uh, who have kind of you know helped a lot out is he's at Vermont Xavier Christiana. Yes, I don't remember yes. Xavier, but so Xavier and I are going to get to play each other next Friday. So it'll be it'll be pretty special for my dad, especially. I'm That's sure amazing. I'm sure he'll shed a couple. I'm sure he'll shed a couple tears. So when do you uh, when do you graduate in a year? At the at the end of I graduate in May, May. in twenty twenty four. Okay, all right. Just I, before your birthday. Yep, on my birthday. On your birthday. Graduation really? on my birthday this year. And what's your what so, will be your degree in? Uh, I'll be a major in economics and a minor in communications. Yes. And with that degree, do you follow? your passion, whether you're, whether like, so I guess what I'm trying to say is, does hockey stay in your life, whether you're playing or whether it's the business of? I think hockey will always be in my life from the relationships. Cause I'll definitely still have friends playing hockey. So I'll still yeah. be, you know, interconnected in the world that some that way, but profession wise, I don't know yet. That's something maybe that could be an option. Maybe not, but I'm kind of, I'm ready to, you know, experience explore. experience a new world and a new realm of something. That's cool, man. You know, like, your parents, I've never met, uh, and I've never actually met you two or, and or your sister uh, face-to-face yet, but, uh, like, kudos to mom and dad and granddad and grandma, whoever helped raise you. The village. The village, right? Like, you two are both, like... Like you think differently. You're you're looking outside of Tucker, right? And what's right in front of Tucker. Uh like you you're able, you have an ability, you and your sister, to look ahead. Maybe and I'm gonna use this you can see where the puck is going. <laughs> All right. <laughs> you know you it's, had to put that in there. It's maybe even hockey stick growth. Uh, you know, like but it's it's interesting how now kind of knowing you and your sister, your philosophies and your perspective on life and others, and there's stuff beyond today. You know, I know your sister's into philanthropy. I can barely say that word. Uh, But, you know, um, you two have an uncanny ability to either, you've been taught very well, right, to think, right, for yourself uh, and think for others. And I don't think that is a common trait that you see in most kids, families, like up, like upbringings. I don't know. Just my two cents. USD. Yeah. No. I definitely, I definitely think, I agree with you completely. I think you know, me and my sister, much alike. We've we've faced our own battles. I mean, my sister was. I mean, you guys both know her story. Her yeah. story was a completely different battle. Um. And that's probably another shout out I should give is that that's one of the other things I think about, you know, being a collegiate athlete, like there's some bad, bad days. Like there's some days like you don't want to get out of bed. Yeah. 
and I, I, I don't tell my sister this nearly enough that, you know, I looked at her situation. I'm like, you know, my sister had it way tougher than me for a significant period amount of time there. So yep, yep. that's something I always kept in perspective as well. And I just think. Oh, shout out to Eloise. Me and, me and, shout out to Eloise. I think we, me and Eloise are so much alike just because of we've both faced such different types of adversity. Yeah. And the way that the support system we have has been so huge and so uplifting in the way that we've been able to handle things. So I think a lot of it does have to do with the external environment as well. Shout out to mom and dad, right? Well, and and you have such an unbelievable, and I know we're running out of time and I know you've got a commitment to get to as well, Tucker, but I, I will tell you one of the things that I love about all of the Macintosh and extended family um, members, cousins, and everyone is that you are so close. Um, your, your family is such a tight knit family and, you know, I feel like you're all so plugged in and aware and, and, and with each other along the journeys that, that are your respective journeys and mindful and inspired by one another. And that, that's so special, right? Yeah. Um, Families run like that, dude. I know. I, I mean, I talk to my cousins an unbelievable amount. I talk to my aunts and uncles a lot. Yeah. It is, it is pretty, I see, I see my friends with relationships with their cousins and I just, I couldn't picture anything other than I want to be invited on a, on a family trip to Montana. I'm just, I'm just throwing <laughs> just it out there. Just putting it out there. I'm just putting it out there. Uh, I have been to Montana. I have been to Big Sky Country, where there is a church Never. and bar on every corner. Um, yeah. I've been to Missoula. I've been uh, fishing and whatnot. Um, I'll, my, my calendar's open, uh, Tucker. <laughs> just saying. Well, I may, my parents are actually just purchased some land there. The past couple months, so we'll be we'll be out there a lot more now. Meet you there. We'll be over for Perfect. dinner sometime in the summer when you're there as a family. <laughs> Amazing, um, Tucker. Thank you so much for sharing your story and being here to spend a Saturday afternoon morning with us. And good luck as good luck to St. Lawrence as they get out there today to play their first game and. Um, Hell yeah, yeah. Tucker. Tucker love. McIntosh, y'all. D1 slew. Getting it on. Thank you, Tucker. Thank you, guys. Thank, Thank you for having me. All right. Awesome, man.